shit talkers welcome to talk shit with p so obviously i'm p of talk shit with p <laughs> and i am such a shit talker that i had to create my own stage my podcast is a safe space to talk all the shits of this shitty world and believe me this is a shitty world with lots of shit to talk about i sometimes shit talk by myself and no i'm not crazy and other times well most of the time I am joined by incredible individuals who do all the shit talking. Well, not all, but most of the shit talking. On Talk Shit with P, we laugh, we cry, we cuss a lot, but most important, we learn something. Well, at least I do, and I would hope so do you. So, grab a drink and join the party. always wanted to have a therapist on my show with so many different views and opinions on seeing a therapist especially for me who comes from Africa it's a controversial subject so why not hear from one of them so it was so cool when this guest of mine agreed to come on my show especially with May being a mental health awareness month i am so happy to have her here and get all the answers you would require from a therapist maybe not all but a few so hey zo you welcome to talk shit with me hi paula thank you for having me thank you for agreeing to come on the show so how about you tell a little bit uh, my listeners a little bit about wh- who you are Sure. So my name is Zoe Aston. I'm from London. Um, I'm a therapist and mental health consultant and actually recently published a book called Your Mental Health Workout. So I split my time between working with clients in private practice one-to-one and working with brands and teams and consulting around mental health to help bust the stigma that still surrounds mental health some of the time. Thank you for all that you do. Um So I'm very curious how did you end up becoming a therapist? So I before I was a therapist I was a dancer and um throughout that time I had my own mental health struggles with eating disorders and anxiety and depression and self-harming and relationship problems um and when I tried to well, when I started getting into what I guess we'd call recovery from my own mental health issues it became very clear to me that my dancing career wasn't really going to complement that so um there was a time i was just i was literally just sitting in a park and i thought what am i what am i going to do with my life and i thought i really like talking to people and therapy is really interesting i'd been really lucky in the sort of um i'd have the resources and the privilege to get some help some really good help um and i thought oh, that's what i'm going to do i'm going to go and become a therapist um so i went back to university and studied psychology and developed a kind of passion for trying to make the information around psychology and therapy and mental health available to everyone who needs it um because you know not everyone has access to the same help that I did and I think it's important that we all we I think we should I think we should all have access or at least the knowledge the relevant information to be able to help ourselves with our mental health in the same way we look after ourselves with our physical health very true um it, it, some people do like where you say um not everybody is lucky to 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 get the help they they need or acquire the help so that's so true but wow from a dancer to a therapist so yeah. how long were you a dancer for and how long have you been a therapist for 
Well, I danced for most of my sort of childhood and adolescence. Um, uh, I mean, I worked properly as a dancer between 16 and about 20, between maybe 25. And then I went back to university when I was 22 or 23. Um, and I started working as a therapist when I was about 26. So I was sort of, it's sort of equal at the moment. I was a dancer for about 12 years and I've been a therapist for just 10 years, I think. Um, half on half. <laughs> yeah, half and half of my adult life. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive, you know, from like a dancer to a therapist, that's like a really odd, but I could also see it because with dancing comes a lot of mental health, the competition, the the surroundings, the weight issues, all all that, so I get it. So what what is it like to be a therapist? Like, um, I know uh, I'm a person who is very... um, talkative like I'm open with my issues and I like to make my friends talk about their issues because I, I I feel like it's important to talk about them but I also understand the other side of constantly listening to people talk about the bad shit and trying to convince them how good life can be or how to handle themselves so how do you also take care of yourself um, when you're feeling burnt out yeah, so I mean, being a therapist is, I think it's slightly different to what people think it is at times because, yeah, it's hard. Like, you're listening to people having really difficult times or going through really awful things. But it also, for me, it really helps me put things in perspective most days. You know, if I'm having a bit of a um, tricky time with something and then I speak to my clients, you know, the fact that I can see, and I'm in a very privileged position, but that I can see that other people are also having a difficult time or just going through something different to me. It gives me a lot of perspective and um, awareness about the world in general. So, yes, it can be difficult, but it's also, you know, you can learn from everything. And I think from everyone, I think therapists learn from their clients almost as much as the client learns from their therapist. Um, but yeah, you're right. You can get a bit, you know, you, you can burn out. We're sort of trained with, you know, active listening and compassion and empathy. And um, it's tiring to be in that frame of mind all the time. So I go by all the things that I promote in the program that I uh, put in my book, Your Mental Health Workout, in order to look after myself. So really good self-care, really good boundaries always working on our self-esteem, exercising and doing bits and pieces to make sure our physical health is in good shape and making sure that outside of work, I'm not a therapist with my friends. So I'm not the therapist of my partner or my friend or my family. Like I don't have to be in therapist mode there. And I think that's a really important um, line to draw that you are only therapist to the people who are asking you for their help, not the people who are in your life to be your family or your or your peer group. I, I, speaking of that, uh, I was gonna. I, I'm glad you brought it up because every time you watch movies and when somebody is married or has a friend who's a therapist, every time they go to just you know, I just want my girlfriend time. It turns into yeah. a therapy session, yeah. and they'll be like, "I'm not trying. To, I, I don't need you to be a therapy right now. I just need you to be my friend right now." Yeah, exactly. They're just different roles. Like some, sometimes you need your friends. Sometimes you need your therapist. Sometimes you yeah. need your mom. You know, they, they serve different roles in our lives. And I think it's really important that like therapists can't 
you know we can't fix everything if we could we would we'd love to be able to sort of fix everything for everyone but it just doesn't really work like that so yeah it can be it can be a bit of a, a bit of a challenge but the more you do it the more the easier it is to step in and out of the role i guess i guess so 10 years you 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 found your line because i believe that that is important also you mentioned boundaries boundaries is very important in in any any relationship once you not not to cross the boundaries i think it makes it easier absolutely so what have you learned about yourself and people all the world from being a therapist because i'm pretty sure as a therapist you get to see the the world or people in a very different view compared to normal people who don't have to to, to you know to dig, dig deep or dive deep yeah <laughs> so yeah. yeah oh it's a good question i mean i continue to learn about myself all the time on sort of practice and work on the bits of myself that aren't um how I'd like them to be but I think I think the thing that I have to practice most and this is just I think this goes for all humans it's not just me but it's you know it's making sure it's pra- a sort of a, a life of non-judgmentalism basically you know we're all as humans we're all kind of primed almost to judge each other and look for differences and um assume that people think the same way that we do or people live the same way that we do and you know over and over and over again i'm reminded on a daily basis that um you know it is not judgment is not a helpful thing to to live by um and i say that because it covers my not only my professional career but also my personal life you know it's very easy for me to be non-judgmental with my clients but in my personal life it's a bit more difficult So I'm um, constantly working on that and being reminded about not being judgmental and being open to other people's perspectives and experiences um is something that I kind of learn over and over and over again but you're right I said it earlier I think that I get I'm lucky because people trust me with their their problems and the things that they can be a bit worried about being judged for um or things that they're embarrassed about and it gives me a whole load of perspective on what's going on in the world you know i think lots of people especially with covid i don't know i don't know what it's like when you where you are but um lots of people feel very isolated and like they're the only ones going through this awful time and yet i've been aware throughout that everyone is having a really shit time mm-hmm. in different ways so i think it allows me to kind of stay grounded stay sort of keep my perspective in shape um and you know sometimes clients point things out to me they say oh you keep you know saying this thing or you keep coming in too soon or <laughs> um and i'm like okay okay i need to like i need to practice that and it's about attuning to what the other other people need um so i'm always learning about myself and i'm always learning about the world i think it's part of the reason why i really love the job because it's sort of like a never ending exploration of 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 the mind the world yeah, yeah. And, and i'm glad your 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 clients call you out like i believe yeah. uh, i believe people should always cuz sometimes you do things you don't know you do exactly so a call out is never a bad thing it's just like oh i'm, I'm making you aware of you know you do this and uh, as you say judgmental um i i used to be uh, and, and i can right now 
honestly say this i never used to be able to say it but i used to be a judgmental person but then once you go through life and you go through your own demons you realize that the world is way bigger out there and you can't be judgmental because you never know what you are going to end up being faced with the things you say oh i will never do that oh that could never be me the world really knows how to humble us and get us there and i think that's the reason also we talk shit with p i wanted it to be a safe space for people you know to just share the shit we don't have to agree but we can learn to accept each other and just you know yeah absolutely and you know paula one of the things that i think is most helpful and probably one of the most difficult things for people to get their heads around is that when we're judging someone else it's normally because we recognize the thing that they're doing in ourselves so if you're judging someone for say being selfish and you feel really annoyed by it it's likely that actually it's a part of yourself that you judge very harshly but you don't really want to admit it um so i say to people you know if you're judging someone like that you've got to really think about actually if it's got something to do with you because the words we say and the actions we take say way more about us than they do about the other person true very true and yes i brought up um covid and um I was very curious. Uh with COVID everybody as you said everybody thought they were the ones dealing with it but everybody else was dealing with it. And it, it also humbled me because at one point I used to get mad at certain friends who didn't reach out because I like, "Oh, you're not the only one going through this." They're yeah. also going through this and it could be what they're going through is much more worse because you don't know. So you know like there's levels and everybody is is in different level of the shit but that doesn't mean that your shit is way more important than theirs. But with you being a therapist and last year was one of the worst years that the world went through in mm. my in in my in my in my gener- in my life that I've been mm. born. I haven't gone through covid ever <laughs> or something like that so what was the biggest um what what was the biggest surprise you had in, with being a therapist during covid like the cases because i i'm pretty sure there were much more mental health cases everybody was dealing with so much the world was going through so much yeah i mean pretty much every therapist that i know like filled up everyone sort of flocked to therapy because we were handling something that we no one was equipped for the weird thing was that it was the first time ever and i'm not alone with this because i know i've spoken to other therapists about it it was the first time ever that we were going through a trauma the same trauma that our clients were going through so we were having to handle our own stuff our own experience of covid whilst helping our clients to figure out how to handle theirs and that was quite a difficult um so it was quite a difficult line to to tread but i know i wasn't alone in that um and i think what surprised me most and this might not be quite what you meant in the question was that the therapists last year myself included lots of us didn't really feel like we could take a break because there were so many awful things happening and people really needed the support and they really needed someone to talk to and they really needed someone to be listening and asking them questions and staying connected with them um and it sort of just proved that you know men- lots of mental health stuff has been around for decades and it's just been going under the radar basically and covid kind of sped it up mm-hmm. so to our surprise all of this stuff that we would have had to deal with at some point came to the surface and everyone like globally went through an experience of realizing how 
and how powerless we are and the, the grief and the loss and the change with everything that happened last year. You know, COVID was the headline, but there was also, you know, a number of other things that went on that oh, were yeah. absolutely horrific. And everyone was trying to handle that. Um, and we were in it together. <laughs> it was like, it was, I think one of, the, one of the biggest things was when people realised actually that they're not the only one. You couldn't, you couldn't sit around and think that you're the only one going through something last year because it was so global. Oh, and yeah. I think that kind of universal experience is a very, very rare thing to have, to have been through. Um, so yeah, I think, yes, the cases went up, coming back around to your question, the cases went up and everyone was really, really busy. Um, but it was, for me, it was a kind of eye opener in terms of, you know, actually how helpful therapy can be, even for people who don't have diagnosable mental health issues like anxiety and depression, they just need someone to talk to. But also that it's possible that, you know, we were, therapists were totally uneducated about COVID, about pan pandemics. That's not something that we learned how to deal with in mm -hmm. uni or when we did our training. You know, no one says, all right, so when you work with people who have been through a <laughs> pandemic, this is how you work with them. We get that with like survivors of sexual abuse, survivors of war, survivors of domestic abuse, you know, all the other stuff that we consider to have a negative impact on us. We're kind of prepped for, mm -hmm. but we weren't prepped for a pandemic. So that was a really interesting experience to be going through that at the same time as my clients. Oh, yeah. and, and and as you say, yes, COVID was the major big thing, but in it as well, there were all these small little things with um, that was also going on. And you not only having to deal with your clients, helping them by yourself. How was that for you personally, like being a therapist that you have to be on a hundred with your clients because they need you and you signed up to 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 help people and then but you also gotta help yourself through this and your family yeah it was i mean it was really hard and lots of my well not you know some of my family members had a really difficult time and had their own mental health problems kicking off and it was tough that's all i can really say like it was tough and it was tiring and it was difficult to know when it was okay to take a break um um, but I think what I what I got out of it, what I learned is that um, you know boundaries are always important. Oh yes, <laughs> and um, it's as important because I so I worked very very hard last year and then I sort of crashed around Christmas when I took a break and I thought okay I need to actually make sure that I have literally scheduled in time that I need for myself. Because yeah. although, you know, we may see three, four, five clients a day, I tend to stick with three or four just because the general rule of thumb is like the first client and the last client should get exactly the same quality of work from you. Mm -hmm. And I found that last year I was getting very tired. So I kind of reduced my hours slightly. But that doesn't mean that you're you're putting out less energy. Um, so, yeah, I think I just learned that it's, you know, regardless of what's going on, I can't fix it I can't change it I can't stop the pandemic happening I don't need to have the answers to everything but people just want to be understood they want to be witnessed they want to be seen they want to be heard they want to know that there is there are or there is someone out there that is doing their best to understand exactly what life is like for them and that's kind of what your therapist does um can't take away the trauma but they can try their very best to kind of get into your shoes and understand what life is like for you. And through that, together, 
you sort of make decisions about how you want to move forward or how you want to deal with things differently. That's good. Um, and, and I think sometimes people forget that, you know, most of the time we forget, we, we constantly look at people's titles and forget that they are also human beings. They're like, oh, he's my that's my therapist. It's her job to help me. But okay, yeah. she's also a human being at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like I was saying, I was I was writing a newsletter earlier um, for my mailing list and I was like, these are, I was writing like five things uh, your therapist wished you knew. And one of them is, you know, that we have problems too. Exactly. But even if we're having a difficult time at, at the time of your session, we're like we're sort of boundaries are like our it's like our favorite word mm. so um it's almost helpful for us to for me at least let me talk about myself it, it, sometimes when i'm having a really bad day or something horrible has happened depending on the extent of it it is sometimes actually really helpful for me to see my clients because they put they do put it in perspective um and they do allow me to take my mind out off myself and lots of the time you know when we're just left to stew on our own problems they just sort of grow and gather speed and intensity inside of us so yeah your therapist has problems too and that's okay so you being a therapy is your escape kind of <laughs> well yeah it, it certainly helps me escape myself like if I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself or yeah. I've had a fight with with someone or I'm feeling a bit angry about something um or I'm anxious about something seeing my clients certainly takes my mind off myself because my attention is completely on oh, them yes yeah so do, do you you yourself do you have therapists a therapy I, I, i've always been curious to know if therapists as well have therapy oh <laughs> yeah so we don't so we have therapy and we have something called supervision so i you know i really think i find therapy very useful i kind of nowadays i kind of go in and out of it um, I'll do like a block of therapy and then I might stop for a bit or then I might try a different type of therapy. But I, I do that mainly for myself, obviously, but also because I think it's really important that therapists remember what it's like to be the client. Mm -hmm. um, because being a therapy client can be really difficult and it can be really challenging. And it's, you know, it's easy to challenge people from the therapist chair. But when you know what it's like to be the client, you're much more likely to have some empathy and um, a more a better understanding of how what the work that you're doing is being received so yes I have therapy and I have supervision now supervision is basically a more experienced therapist with an extra qualification who oversees your work to make sure that you're like fit to practice and you're not doing anyone any harm and things like that um, but I also do things like acupuncture and like equine therapy with horses and um, massage, like all sorts of different types of things that I would qualify as therapy as well as talking therapy. Because I don't think, if you're not into talking therapy, if you're not into sitting in front of someone you don't know very well and bearing your soul, you can do things like acupuncture or equine therapy or movement therapy that might be more comfortable for you. So, you know, if you, if you kind of think about therapy and you think about an old guy sitting in a chair with a beard, and you don't like the idea of that, find a, find a therapist that's younger or find a therapist or a type of therapy that's going to work for you. And I think that has only come for me out of exploring, being a client in all these different types of therapy and exploring how they work and what benefits they have. And um, you, you kind of 
touched in a few things which I, I wanted to speak on so I'm going to go through that um <clears throat> you said uh, you you put up a nice point some people are scared of the fact of the old man sitting on the chair or the, the idea you know we've always had this idea even when you see on movies where where you go to <clears throat> to therapy you you kind of have a sofa where you can lay down and just yeah. close your eyes and, and and speak now with covid um in person therapy turned to virtual therapy how has mm-hmm. that been um because i feel like the in person one makes the person feel it, it feels more um uh what's the word more emotional more therapeutic yeah. so has it been any changes with it being virtual now um it's definitely been different and i before covid i really didn't like doing therapy sessions online i would only do it if it was an emergency mm-hmm. um it was very important to me to have the person in the room with me um it's i think it's a slightly less vulnerable experience sometimes doing therapy virtually but it's just a different way of working so we've all had to adapt to you know asking asking our clients you know okay so what's happening in your body right now because we can't see it um whereas you know when that when you're in the room with your therapist if your foot starts tapping because you're getting anxious or you start fiddling with your um leg or with your hair because you're starting to feel upset about something we can see it we can see it happening straight away so it's been a sort of transition to a slightly different way of working when you are working virtually um i am i think one of the benefits that covid has left me with is that i would be very happy now to do a sort of hybrid part in person part online um and i'd be very comfortable with that whereas i wasn't very comfortable with working with people online before covid um so it's just different it's um it's it's different and it's uh you have to be you know a bit more containing part of therapy is about the container the room that you're in the hour that you have you know seeing the same person each week at the mm-hmm. same time and when you're but working virtually you don't really have that same container so you have to sort of create the container within your words so it can be harder but i think you know thank god because you know if, if we didn't have virtual platforms um what would we have done last year it would have been yeah. an, you know it would have been so much worse Catch part two coming out on Sunday.